2: This is the Talking Devils podcast as well as our regular weekly shows from time to time I'm going to dip into the archives well, um, my archives anyway from earlier interviews I've done and see if I can put together some podcasts that you might find interesting this was a conversation I had with the late Brian Greenoff from September 2012 Apart from the great 1977 side what other MUFC team would you have liked to have played in? you've got the, <coughs> the suggestions of the 57-58 Busby Babes side the 68 side that won the cup um, 99 side in 2008
3: yeah I think the 99 side because they won the European Cup yeah I think that's, that would, uh, that was a good side um, very strong defensively very strong in midfield strong all over Four great strikers. Yeah, that was a team.
2: Yeah. And do you think um, perhaps, I mean, Ronnie Johnson kind of played the kind <coughs> of style as you did?
3: Oh, he's better in the air than me.
2: Yeah, but on the ball. He's so similar in a way.
3: Yeah, he was good. He, well, Yap yeah, was a good pass of the ball. Yeah. You know, they they could all play. Every, you know, he's was a team where everybody was comfortable on the ball.
2: Yeah so the 99 side would win it for you yeah and what current player in the team would you most slight have played with
3: I'd play alongside skulls. yeah yeah I
2: think anybody would okay. again like we were saying the other day you could probably with the new formation that's probably set up perfect for I'd you. just
3: sit, out, I'd sit in front of the back four get the ball and just
2: give it to skulls and relax yeah easy job yeah yeah so get the cigar out and get you he, he he's the player that everyone raves about. All all yeah. the former play, all his teammates will pick him out. Except as the best. for that
3: fell on Is it Mike Parry or something?
2: Oh yeah, he's doesn't rate him. No, so. he's a bit overrated. Fuck you,
3: no. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
2: But yeah, I mean, what would you say? That I mean, that, that everyone sees in him because you have got the likes of Zidane, David, mm-hmm. Del Piero. They all rave about him, Cantona. Cannon are retired when he'd only played like a few years. It's his
3: touch control, his range of passing, the quickness of his brain. He's got good in the air for a little fella. You know, he's got everything. Do
2: you think? I mean, Carrick looks like he's enjoying the benefits of playing alongside him. You look at—I know Carrick's always been renowned for a great range of passing, but against Southampton, you saw a few of those over-the-top passes yeah. to, to Van Persie, which. Mm-hmm were almost Scoles-esque in a way.
3: Yeah. I mean, his long pass, he was quite good against Southampton for Garrick's but his short pass, he was bloody awful.
2: You
0: know, yeah.
3: and uh, when, when Scoles had come on against Southampton, it just completely changed the game. Suddenly, the ping, 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 the balls. He was spreading the ball. You know, he's, there's nothing worse for a defender when a midfield player like something like Scoles picks the ball up and you don't know what's going to happen. You know, if he's going to knock it behind, you knock it up so he, he puts defenders in a quandary straight yeah. away. He, you know, they don't know what to do. Is he going to knock it up to his feet? Is he going to knock... He's, you know, he's so clever, Skulls and, and that's what he does to defenders.
0: Yeah.
2: You've got players like and in gigs who, who are two of the best that we've ever had. And, and do we underestimate the fact that they might not be in the prime now, but they can still make one hell of a difference when they come on in, in, a, in a game at mm. the Premier League level? They can still do that like Scholes did.
3: Yeah, I've said it before that we've got not to rely, rely on them. Yeah. You know, but we've got to use them when it's the right. You know, I've always said I think Scholes will be more suited playing at home.
2: Yeah.
3: And maybe Kings as well. It's away from home the more in your face. When you watch the Everton game, Scholes has struggled a little bit, you know, early on, especially early on in the game, because you in his face all the time. Yeah. And uh, he got caught. And I think that's what happens with Ryan. I think Ryan, when he starts a game, I think early in the game, it bypasses him a little bit now. You know, because he's 38, you know, he's he hasn't got the legs that he had before. And I think, um, I think especially when they play away from home, teams do get in your face more, and I think, I think then they might will struggle for the early part of the game. Yeah. That's my view, anyway.
2: I think that, you know, with skulls and Giggs in particular, Giggs in particular, I suppose, because he, he got a lot of praise a couple of years ago because perhaps he'd not got it earlier in his career, whereas skulls, probably for about ten years consistently, people have just raved about him non-stop. But it's like, you know, they rave about him, but I don't think he... I, to me, yeah, I still sometimes think that he's underappreciated. People like label Gerard, I've, I've seen Gerard referred to as like the best Liverpool player of all time. Yeah. You've got Scholes who. Gerard pales in comparison to Scholes.
3: Yeah, I mean, Gerard's an high energy player. He's playing better when, he, when he's bombing on all the time. He's not a, a person like Scholes who can sit in midfield and ping it all over. His passing is not anywhere near as good. No. Right. And I'd love to see the stats on somebody like Gerard, what his passing completion is compared to scores, And I bet it's well down. Where scores would be like 90% plus, maybe. But Gerard's in the 70s.
2: Where do you stand on you know, De Gea being dropped? Because it's rare for Fergie to come out. and he, I know he dropped De Gea last season, but to come out <coughs> before the game and say De Gea's dropped for the mistake that he made. But I. Personally, I thought it was a bit harsh to blame him for that one anyway. But. Mm,
3: I think, yeah, it's. I think they always say. Look, I've, I, my always concerns always been about the gear. It's not about his ability. I always think he's got great ability, great shot stopper. But he does have a little weakness. He lacks. He lacks strength. He needs to put on a good a stone and a half. Yeah, you know, because he's a bit. I've said it before. He's a bit paddy Roachy. You know, Paddy was a bit great to be great agility, good great hands, but yeah, lacked a presence, and that's all the only thing that the gear lacks. But I'm not sure if Lindegaard gives you a presence anyway.
2: Mm.
3: You know, you, you see, we were blessed to have one of the greatest goalkeepers, probably the greatest goalkeeper ever in Smythe. Yeah, you know, so when people follow him, people still looking for that presence. You know, cause I I remember being a game at Old Trafford, and, and where I was sat, um. They were playing Southampton as it was, and this lad put the ball over the bar because it's the only place he could put it because he couldn't <laughs> see the goals, he couldn't see the nets because he, he was such a presence. And the same, the view I had, it was incredible. Yeah, and but De doesn't have that. And I think the know now is teams aren't daft, you know, they're not they, they know what De like, they try and get in, get in among him, yeah, and try and make him make mistakes like he did. If it was his mistake, I mean. It, it seemed to come off Vidic's left foot, yeah, which made it to me that why was it De Gea's fault?
0: Yeah,
3: it come off his right one. And I might have said yeah, but it's um, yeah. I think he, he does have a problem at times, De Gea, But when he played against Everton, he was fine.
2: Yeah, and and to be fair, some have said that you know the saves in the first half were as important as a mistake, really, because he, he made two brilliant saves that were kind of Schmeichel-esque, you know, the, yeah. the reaction save, particularly the second one where he saved it, you know, the inside of his body and he hit the crossbar. Yeah. But, I mean, with Paddy Roach, you, you spoke about there, Paddy, had, I mean, he had his own problems, but this, at the same time, they had Stepney, a European Cup winning goalkeeper, ready to step back in. Stepney was rightly or wrongly Sokow in the first place, whereas De Gea should be making, you know, he doesn't, Lindegaard's not Stepney, do you know, he, no. he's a very capable goalkeeper, but he doesn't have the pedigree of what no. Stepney has, so De Gea shouldn't be under the pressure, as what Paddy was under, do you know, yeah. I, I, to me, I, I don't personally think that... I mean,
3: he hasn't played loads of games with Vidic.
2: No, he hasn't, you know, that's uh, the point I've made, I yeah. yeah,
3: he hasn't yeah. played loads of games with them. And I think he hasn't played loads of games with, with Rio and Vidic being there. Mm. And it's, it is about understandings. And also, I don't know what his take is on the language yet.
2: Yeah.
3: Can he speak English yet? You know, that, and that's an important thing people forget. Because it's all about communication. And yeah. once he learns, he gets the grasp of the English, and he can speak it fluently, then there's always going to be little problems.
2: Would you have dropped him against Southampton? No. And we we still made defensive mistakes in that game.
3: But when you saw it, when you look on Twitter, you know you see seeing all people are picking the team, what the team is going to be, and not one person had on Lindegaard in the side. No. You know, so the United fans didn't look at it and think it should be dropped. No. Yeah, but the man who matters. I mean, I said it. On, I said I said it on Twitter before. Is that has anybody ever picked the, the team what's going to play on a Saturday, or a, or a Sunday, or a Monday, or a Wednesday? You know, has any, have you ever picked a team and said that's the team he's going to pick today? <laughs> and he'd been right. Have you ever done that? Uh,
2: well, no, I <laughs> personally have not. No,
3: I, I haven't. I think I'm, the closest I've been, I've been one out. Yeah. You know, because you can't, you can't guess what he's going to do.
2: Yeah, I think there's, uh, there was one time last season when he named the first. It was the first time in a few years that he'd named the t- same team. Yeah, yeah. Twice in a row. So, yeah, that,
3: that'd confuse people. <laughs>
2: Um, we still made mistakes in that game Defensive mistakes But they seem to come I don't know We, we single out Everett a lot do you, What do you think of the Everett one Because he slipped But their fullbacks were slipping as well Do you think it was It's unfair to blame Ever When the pitch was a bit bad
3: I don't think it had got to the ball anyway But um, slipping just made it worse You know you, There were two bad goals to lose But yeah. you see This is another thing you see When you've got two tiny fullbacks, Teams aren't daft not going to say knock it down the middle where Vidic and Ferdinand are they're going to say try and get yourself on the full back yeah you know I mean in saying that would I think if it's first or second half I mean Raphael made a fantastic header to clear and it looked like here we go again another goal because Lambert had got it back of him and uh, he made a great header but yeah teams are going to do that how would you defend against it, Because you've Well, you, what I come to understand, and especially for the, um, the first goal, what we would do, what we did at times, we would say, when do you think, if you centre forward pull back to the back post, we'd swap positions. Yeah. Let, let the full-back just come in. Because you, you, you want your big man. You don't want really to say, oh, oh, you take him. He's that bloody big, you know. Yeah. When... Just swap positions So Once you see him go And they'll get out wide Right yeah, Right you come here Come here You come here Then you just step out Because you've got more chance Of winning the ball Than Rafa's already ever I,
2: And when you, you know You look at the The two games The two away games Everton You know We, we were a bit naive or, or we just couldn't play Against Fellaini And then Against Southampton We lost basic goals yeah, You think That could but, have been avoided
3: Yeah but Fellaini Was pulling on to Michael Carrick Yeah not onto Vidic, but that's the, that's what they do. They look at they look at the United team. They say, "Look at this. Thing. You've got you've got Valencia. And you've got Garrick, yeah. who's not a natural position. So what do they do with oh, I know it's a corny. and he, pulled, he just wanted Carrick and just muscled him out of it. Yeah, but that was all. But what I couldn't understand is, if he's their best ever why did Vidic take him?
2: Yeah. But this yeah. is the point I make. I, I I know that they the teams are going to try and expose United's frailties, but why aren't we?
3: Yeah. I mean I, in our day we are, we weren't a big side so what, when we if we had a corner against us or a free kick in a, in a position where they're going to cross it, Stuart Houston used to pick up the biggest their best header yeah then Martin would pick the next one up then I'd pick the one after you know that's how we did it. you know you sort of you know you want your best header against their best header. Mm-hmm. you don't want sort of Michael Carrick picking Fellini up.
2: That, that's my my view. Going forward, we're going to play, um, we've got Liverpool in a couple of games. Do you expect Lindegard's going to get the run to play that? Because, you know, De Gea played well at Anfield last season, but do you think that now he's decided to give Lindegard a run that he's going to pick him for that game? And...
3: Now he's made the decision, I like, think he'll go with Lindegard. I don't know if De Gea's going away with uh, Spain under 23s, or under 21s, or yeah, whatever. He's
2: played for the under 21s, yeah. Yeah,
3: so maybe we might send somebody to watch him and see how he is. Yeah. I would imagine that would happen. And then if he has a good game or a couple of good games, I don't know, did they play last night?
2: Yeah, he kept kept a clean sheet.
3: Did it All right. So, he kept a clean sheet. If somebody's watched him and said he did this well, he did that well. Yeah. And, you know, you might ask him certain questions about what he did. What was he like on crosses? How did he deal with... Yeah, he might watch a video of it. You know, he might... Because it's, we well, can't watch a video because you're in America do something.
2: Yeah, at the moment, yeah. in New York. York
3: yeah.
2: But um, I mean, is there anything do you think that Liverpool are going to pick up on? Because Liverpool United, it doesn't matter that Liverpool have been in. I think the form. thing is
3: about Liverpool. You know, they're not, they're not, they're no big man up from. No. So I think the main thing for them for corners and things like that is going to be, um, Agger and. Skirtle. Skirtle. Yeah. You know, I would imagine one of them will sit on him. Yeah. If it was, but I think they do that anyway with Lindergaard, you know, because you know he's, you know, he's is, is, is he better. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I like I do I do like De Gea. I just wanted to put another stone and half on, and and I think then when he's a more presence, I think he'll give me more confidence when balls are coming out to go and catch because at the moment, you know, if he's going to catch something, it does look a little bit lightweight to to be knocked off the ball.
2: Another question then we got from. My all-time hero is Joe Jordan. What was he like to play with for United? Got to have been easier to play with than against.
3: Yeah, I mean... <coughs> Joe was... I mean, when we had it in, in them days, we got Stuart Pearce and our kid, and we got we got Joe Jordan. And they always made themselves available. Yeah. You know, they're always looking for the ball to be knocked up to them. Um, one thing about Joe, you, you, you know, every game, a game is all. But... Um, yeah, and not he was he was better to play with than against.
2: Joe obviously came in when Dave was trying to Dave Sexton was trying to change things up.
3: So. Yeah, he wanted a big centre half and a big centre forward. Yeah, you know he didn't like you know he didn't like people like Archie and Pants who just held it up and fixed everybody else into the game. You know, it's I think sometimes it is nice to have a big centre forward because you if you're in somebody you can just dump it up to him. And uh, yeah. Joe was one of them. You knew you knocked it up to him the centre half wasn't going to get an easy battle
2: what was he um, like as a lad was he alright
3: he was alright I never really socialised with him not sort of uh, I don't think we're on the same wavelength
2: hope you enjoyed that I know it was a little bit short but I thought it was still interesting to hear Brian's thoughts 8 years on on um, the team that he would have liked to have played in um, Paul Scholes as a player and the things that David De Gea could have done to improve upon 8 years ago um, some familiar um, ideas in there um, so yeah it's always great to listen back to Brian as well um, sorely missed the next episode of the Talking Devils podcast is going to be on Tuesday To re- Um, go over the Aston Villa game and the Southampton game I will be joined by former Man United defender Paul Parker and legendary journalist Paddy Barclay to talk over those games I've also got details of a new partnership with Classic Football Shirts so listen to that for an exclusive discount
1: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone